Hey everyone, welcome back to Office Politics. I am your host, Jasmine Reed Clark, and this is the space where we talk about life after the offer letter. Today's episode is the third installment in our entrepreneurship series, and I have the pleasure of speaking with Donna from Gardenuity, which I was a huge fan of Gardenuity for years in Dallas. It's known as a really great date idea and they have like fun like you use the basil that you garden to make them cocktails that you're drinking but we talk about much more than cocktails and basil in today's episode we get into motherhood perseverance and learning how to treat your intuition as a muscle but a little bit more about donna and gardenuity they are on a mission to help everyone be a successful gardener no matter where they live whether they're in a house apartment condo or townhome And they believe that there is healing and personal growth that comes from taking care of something else and then nurturing your body and mindset through such harvest. So we get into that. I even, you know, teed up some nice gardening puns for Donna. Uh, Really excited for this episode. Let's get into it. Good morning, Donna. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So for our listeners who may not know about your story, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, and the business that you run? Sure. Um, I am one of the co-founders of Gardenuity, and it is a tech-enabled garden program that is really focused on the wellness economy. And I'm so fortunate to work with amazing people, and I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, um, you know, I traverse challenges and changes uh, every day and just seize the opportunities they come. But I think gardening teaches us so much about resilience and about perseverance. So I'm lucky to be in a space that I love, um, surrounded by people who I admire every day. Absolutely. There was one thing you just brought up about learning about perseverance through gardening. And I think we can apply that theme to so many parts of life. So between gardening, business, and life, what have you learned about patience and timing? And what are you learning right now? Oh, that's good. (laughs) Um, You know, I always say patience is genius. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's one of the hardest life lessons that I've ever tried to master. Um, I talk a lot about patience in a hurry. Uh, because I think sometimes that's a mindset. Um, but I'm fortunate that I'm kind of reminded by patience in a hurry and perseverance every single day. So I, my youngest daughter has very severe special needs. And they said she wouldn't live past five. And I'm happy to say she's 24. She's still just 80 pounds and really non-ambulatory and non-verbal. But the fact she's alive every day with a smile on her face and does things that nobody thought she could ever do. I get to witness perseverance um, every single morning when she wakes up. So that's, you know, all of us try to figure out our whole life, what we want to be when we grow up. And I think Jillian, like a lot of special needs um, people are born to be teachers. And so from day one, she has taught me patience Um, From day one, she's taught me resilience and perseverance and just to go. So I'm lucky. I'm 
uh, she helps me try to master the art of patience. Um, I think patience enables us to take stock of every situation. Um, but I'm not somebody who just waits around for every single thing to be perfect. I believe the 80, 20 rule works, um, in work. And sometimes you just have to push, go and know when to pivot and when to make little changes. So, um, I've also learned that timing is important. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with that book. Um, actually the company general magic, So General Magic, you need to watch that movie. Uh, General Magic is the greatest software and electronics company ever to come out of Silicon Valley that went bankrupt. They actually invented the iPhone two decades before it came out from Apple. And the team that they assembled went on after bankruptcy to start LinkedIn, eBay, the Android. I mean, it is a company... And the documentary that's out there about it, it's a whole movie and well worth the, what, $5 on Amazon um, to buy. It is a lesson in timing, that timing matters. I love everything you just said. I think no matter if you are an entrepreneur or a nine-to-fiver, like, or if you are a stay-at-home mother, like, timing really is everything. And you were, you know, you brought up your daughter, Jillian, and I... I have to ask if you're comfortable sharing when you did get that diagnosis of, hey, she will not live past five. Did you ever accept it or did immediately you were like, okay, that's what you say, but I'm going to see what else I can do about that? Um, I would say if I were to describe me, I am a practicer of faith and perseverance. Yeah. And... The diagnosis took a long time for us to figure it out. I knew something was up. And as a lot of doctors do, they just kind of pass you off. And I wasn't getting the right answers. So I pushed and pushed and pushed. And when we finally got some answers that were not great, and a doctor, um, the first doctor to say, do not anticipate her living past five, I melted and had a really tough uh, afternoon and realized that I was her voice and I was her, um, I was her life and I needed to figure out how to just push through. So instead of planning for 20 years, I planned for the next day. And there were times that we planned hour by hour because we didn't know she'd make it through the hour. And so, yeah, no, I've never... Um, just said, okay, I'm going to sit back and just take their mm-hmm. counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, uh, but I take the lessons I learned from her. Um, and now she's, I means she's joy, joy filled and she's happy and she is just a, um, one of the greatest assets that I've ever, ever been around. Uh, and not just because she's my daughter. I mean, she's also a gold medal Olympian winner at the Special Olympics. So I am the mother of a Special Olympic gold medalist. Okay, well, no, that's not a title to always lead with. I'm serious. I need to put that on my LinkedIn <laughs> caption because that's you a big really deal. Do. Um, that is incredible. And wow. It's, you know what? Uh, yeah, it was hard, but you just push through. 
And it's not unlike some days as an entrepreneur, you know, you just push through and you have to pivot. And, you know, I'd planned on, you know, her life would kind of go down this path. And, you know, as we found out more and more about what her life was going to look like, the journey's different, the destination's different, um, but the trip is still great. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is a testimony if I've ever heard one. And, you know, you actually were able to find some correlations between, um, or excuse me, you were able to find correlations as it relates to entrepreneurship and business. Um, so whether it be an idea or a p- potential partnership, when do you know it's not going to be a good fit? A lot of my career coaching clients, what we do is we'll do retroactives and we say, okay, what were the red flags that you either consciously avoided or unconsciously avoided? Um, So when it comes to you, how do you know uh, when you've spot a red flag that you need to listen to or look at? Oh, gosh. Intuition is underrated. (laughs) Um, If you're not in touch with your intuition, you really, I don't think, can be successful. Um, you know, people jokingly talk about a mother's intuition, a father's intuition. Um, you know, we all have the ability to have a business intuition if we learn to listen to it. Um, I think data is great, um, but it needs to complement your intuition. Um, I'm a big, I like data because I think it drives my creativity. Um, but boy, sometimes you just have to go with your gut. Yes. No, I completely agree. And I think that's even, I know in a different episode that uh, has yet to air, we talk about intuition being a muscle and that you have to work it and strengthen it. And there are times your gut is going to tell you everything that the data is not. And I'm not saying it's right 100% of the time, but I would say 99% of the time, intuition leads you down the right road. So, And intuition is different from emotion. Yes. Right? I mean, they're different feelings. Um, You can't just go into business and drive it emotionally and make decisions emotionally. But intuition, you're right. That's a great way to say it. Intuition is a muscle. That's really well put. We talk about gratitude as a muscle and and it should be a verb that you practice every day. Um, But I like that about intuition. That's great. And switching gears just a little bit, um, I was so excited to have you on. One thing that I'm doing, I, I recently turned 30 in April, and the I have a 30s bucket list, and one of them is gardening. So we, you know, we're doing like the raised balcony, and just I, I'm, I mean, baby steps, okay. Um, but I've been seeing a lot of different metaphors as I've been as I've begun to learn about seasons and planting and harvest. And it's made me think a lot about rest. And I'm currently in a season where I deal with a lot of rest guilt. Oh my gosh, I have two hours. You know, I really just shouldn't be scrolling on my phone. I should be getting like really realizing that there is a balance and that to be the best me, the best me needs to have rest. So do you yourself struggle with rest guilt as a leader? And if so, how do you work through it? I don't struggle with rest guilt. I struggle with mom guilt because I believe when you push a baby out, guilt comes in, in its place. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it it is, uh, we all need rest 
you know, just like cars need gas or electricity to move forward, um, our bodies need rest. And you know what? We're all smart enough to figure out what our bodies need. I mean, look at the example being athletes don't win big games because they go into it tired or not fueled. Right. Um, And so rest is okay. I mean, I think it's okay to have some downtime and whatever that downtime pleasure is for you, Mm -hmm. whether it's running or whether it's scrolling or whether it's, I mean, you know, I think we all have, I'm a lifelong learner. That's one of my um, Gallup strengths and I like to learn. Um, But every second of every day, you know, doesn't have to be filled with learning. So when I take a run and I listen to a podcast, I have to listen to the podcast for enjoyment of the podcast, not because I feel like I should annotate it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I actually don't have rest guilt and I admire people who can just stop and say, I need to take a break. I happen to be surrounded by ever ready uh, bunnies who never rest and they get it done and they get it done with a smile on their face and they're smart and passionate um, and are really energetic. I'm, uh, you know, but yeah, I don't have rest guilt at all. If you want to take a nap, go take a nap. Go Well, and I love your analogy about athletes. They don't go into a game tired. So that's, that's what I needed to hear. And while I'm not a mother, I I have a lot of mom friends who deal with mom guilt and it, it feels like it's, you know, getting over it isn't linear. It comes in waves. But do you have anything that has worked for you or any advice you would give to other moms listening? Yes. Take it hour by hour um, and come up with little guilt hacks that work for you. Mine, um, especially when Madison, um, I've got two girls, my oldest girl, uh, Madison, and then her younger sister, Jillian, who I talked about. I was traveling two to three days a week when she was, you know, five to 10. And so I'm a big proponent of reading. I mean, I'm an avid reader. I think everybody should read all the time. And so we got into the habit that before every trip, I would buy um, a couple books that I would read to her over the phone. And I'd always buy two of the same book so that she had a copy to flip the pages and I had a copy to read. And then we made it a point to donate that extra book to a a group that needed um, and was building up their library. So that kind of guilt hack really helped me a lot. Oh, I love that. I have not even heard that. In fact, we're as we're recording this, I'm visiting family and there is a two-year-old toddler in the other room. So I'll have to tell Jess, my cousin, that hack. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, that's a good one. I think little yeah. things that just work for you. Now, the beauty of technology is you can FaceTime, you can do prayer time, you can do, yeah. you literally um, could have uh, FaceTime up while your uh, kiddos are eating dinner and it's like you're there. <laughs> Um, so there's lots of little things you could do. Perfect. And switching gears a little bit, one thing I really, really commend you is your prioritization on employee wellness and celebrating your team. Um, and I just want to know, you know, what is your personal philosophy related to leadership and making sure that your team feels rewarded and recognized at work? Um, I think look at every single one individually. There's not mm-hmm. one size fits all. 
And that's actually been our approach to find um, and help people garden successfully. So, you know, the industry has an average of 90% first-time failures with first-time gardeners, but we have a 95% success rate. And it's because we've personalized the experience. So everybody you work with has different things that light their fire, right? Different things that fuel them. Uh, you know, my co-founder, who's brilliant, uh, she's fueled by cookies. <laughs> um, and so, you know, if it's going to be a tough day, I'm happy to bring um, cookies. Uh, I think that the, the best thing I've done is surround myself with people who are a lot smarter than me mm-hmm. and who aren't afraid to say, um, whoa, you know, let's let's take a breath here. Um, I mean, I'm a big believer in taking calculated risks um, and finding opportunities to bring well-being to your team. And our growth, actually, 80% of our growth is through corporate partnerships. So we work with Uber and Salesforce and Cigna and all these great companies and teams within their companies who are looking to bring um, holistic well-being to their teams. And gardening for, you know, a hundred years has had a lot of data and research done that it is a great tool to, for wellness. And so, you know, these teams who are bringing these wellness experiences to their team, I'm inspired by. I mean, I actually think employee wellness is not just a nice to do it's a business strategy because your bottom line is going to be impacted. So get creative, um, look at tools differently. I mean, it used to be that, um, you know, a a discount to a gym membership or um, healthy snacks in the break room were your answer to wellness benefits. But now people are getting creative because we need to connect socially. We need to look at new ways to connect physically and mentally Mental illness is something that we all have to embrace and talk about every day. Every Don't day. shy away from it. Mm-hmm. Listen to your team um, and and lead by example. I mean, if they say, see you have a crazy day and feel the need to walk out at three in the afternoon, you know what? That's a good thing. It's yes. okay. And I'm and surrounded by people who are 10 times smarter than me and bring ideas every single day to the table, whether it's for events who we should meet and visit with, how to better inventory, how to drive sales. I mean, I literally am surrounded by people I admire. Man, I love that. And it really goes back to your analogy before of you're not going to put your best players on the court tired. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rest guilt needs, I need to abolish it and get over it because that's not, yeah, it's not how you run a business. I will say in life, there's the whole FOMO thing. Fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm really tired, but there's a happy hour that looks really fun. Be okay with saying no. Yes. Yes. It's okay. Yes. 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 Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is something I I think I started to understand towards the the last – like. I think the pandemic helped me get over some of my FOMO. Like, isn't it nice to just relax at home sometimes and you can still have meaningful relationships without going to every single event? So That's right. And I think social media in all of its glory Mm -hmm. has put added pressure 
on mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, how often do you see a picture? People don't post pictures of themselves when they look like crap or when they're having a terrible time right. or when they're exhausted. I mean, they just don't. Uh, and so you start thinking, oh, that's the life. Doesn't, don't they have the life? But the truth is, life is balance. Um, yeah. And you just, the whole uh, FOMO thing is, it's real, but walk away. Ooh, it's real, but walk away. That yeah. can be a life mantra <laughs> for the rest of my days. That's um, right. <laughs> so something I learned a few years ago was character and behavior make you a leader, not your title. When you look back at your career, specifically in those first few years of working, what seeds did you plant to then become the leader that you are today? I love your pun. Uh, thank um, you. That's awesome. <laughs> right in there. Um, actually, uh, I'm glad you asked that because I think it's important to give credit where credit's due. And I was young uh, and working for Neiman Marcus, and my boss was a guy named Jeremiah Patrick Murphy, and he's still a friend today. And I remember I literally was working. 16, 18 hour days. I mean, it was one of those holiday periods where it was ridiculous, but it was so, it it, it was exciting and I loved it. But I walked into his office one morning to give him a numbers update and I fainted, just flat out fainted. Now remember, this is before cell phones, before Uber delivers, all that kind of stuff. So he had somebody drive me home and somebody else follow us in my car And so I could just rest and about two o'clock in the afternoon, the doorbell rang to my little apartment and he had had somebody deliver hot soup. Remember this is before to go was a big deal or Uber delivers. So he had actually taken the initiative to have hot soup delivered to me just because I was tired and passed out. That one act of kindness Mm-hmm. has stayed with me mm-hmm. forever. I mean, I think that I will never, ever forget that story, forget how it made me feel, um, and I hope I can make others feel like he made me feel from time to time. I mean, he uh, he really planted the seed mm-hmm. of being a gracious leader um, and knowing that sometimes it's the little things that mm-hmm. matter. Conveniences make those little things easier today, but it's those little things um, that I think are long remembered. Oh, it reminds me of the Maya Angelou quote, people will forget what you did, what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And it's a brilliant testimony of one act of kindness or discernment or servant leadership can really inspire the future leaders of, of tomorrow, as cheesy right. as that sounds, but it is no, true. It's and true. Wow. That is a great story, man. That is an incredible person. And it is. Yeah. And his, his name is Jeremiah Patrick Jeremiah. Murphy from Boston. He's, <laughs> uh, then he moved on to be president of Harvard Coop. I mean, Ooh. he's a brilliant, but B was the most thoughtful um, leader who was Literally, he was agile. He took risks every day. We made numbers and he celebrated with gusto. Love that. Great guy. 
And, you know, before we get into the rapid fire and we can ask everyone where they can keep up with you, I want to ask, I feel like gardening likely saw a huge spike during the past year and a half that we've been in. Um, So what has gardening that you've seen anecdotally, what has gardening meant for people uh, during the pandemic? I think it's been a lot of things. I think it's accelerated a trend that has been unfolding over a decade. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the world has really grown more digital, more complex. Um, The range of decisions that and opportunities we have at our disposal are flown at us at high intensity. Um, And gardening enables you to take those micro steps where you have moments to yourself. Uh, It's a different form of meditation. You know, I have uh, all our grow bags out on my little patio and I'm a morning person. I love being up at four. I love taking a run early and I go out and I water my gardens and it really is the only time of the day I'm not tethered to a digital device. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Partly because of work and partly because I have a child with such severe special needs. I have to be close by um, all the time. But when I'm watering those gardens... I get to witness growth. I get to be around nature. I get to be um, reminded of what's important to me. It's my time to mentally post what I'm grateful for. And so gardening has done that for a lot of people. Does it help you get creative in the kitchen? Yes. Is it fun to be able to say, I grew that? You bet. But there is evidence uh, that talks about just being with nature Mm -hmm. for five minutes a day, Mm -hmm. you know, getting your hands just a little bit dirty does so much for you physically and emotionally and socially. So I think that it is a trend that has gotten a lot of attention during COVID, but it's one that's really, um, been accelerated and was in the works for years before that. Completely agree. Completely. Well, this has been so lovely. We're going to get into our rapid fire. So you can answer these questions as an entrepreneur, or if you want to answer them as a mom, any, any way at all. Um, So the first is when was a time either professionally or personally that you realized the right thing and the hard thing could be the same? When I walked away from someone who wanted to invest in the company because I had an icky feeling. Okay, well, <laughs> that is a whole story. Okay, and I'll keep. The That's details. another reason to go with your gut, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> and have you? And I assume the answer is no. But have you ever looked back on that decision and been like, you know, maybe I should have done it? Or are you like, no? I no. I know. Yeah. No, but it was hard to walk away from somebody willing to write a really big check. Yeah. Okay, there's a story there, so we'll have to have you on again. (laughs) And what is the one thing about wealth management and or business that few people know, but you wish everyone knew? About wealth management, Mm -hmm. the power of gratitude, the, the power that comes from really listening and being a lifelong learner Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and sleep. I could not 
agree more. I'm again in that season of getting over my rest guilt, but learning when I began to outsource things and delegate things, I saw more money. You know, when I began to sleep more, I saw more money. There's there's a correlation there for sure. So I'm happy that you brought that up. And the final question is complete this sentence. The best way to handle a toxic work environment is to blank. Practice self-compassion. I love that answer. Yeah, Eat more chocolate. of that. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> well, Donna, you've been such a joy. Where can everyone keep up with you, your endeavors, and everything going on with your life? You know, certainly on the Gardenuity blog, mm-hmm. um, but socially on LinkedIn um, and Instagram. I have an open account. Um, so whatever um, is easy for people, I'm always excited to share. And thank you so much for yes. having me on and answer and asking such great questions. Thank you.